one day, an evangelism explosion will bring millions of people to Christ, and those who are already Christians will be celebrating it in heaven. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to Revelation to reveal more about the amazing revival that will take place on earth following the rapture. To introduce the conclusion of his message, the 144,000, here's David. Thank you for joining us today. This is an incredible study. It's one of my favorite things in the book of Revelation. Just the thought of that many people who have one single mission, which is to tell people about Jesus Christ, and the result of it will be this worldwide uh, revival that takes place uh, after the church is gone during the tribulation period. Thousands of people will come to Christ as they hear the message from these anointed servants of the Lord. We'll get to it in just a moment. Uh, Let me begin today where I left off yesterday with a reminder of the opportunity we have to go to Alaska together for a conference cruise. It's July 16th through the 23rd, and uh, we'll be visiting uh, Stevens Passage, Juneau, Glacier Bay, the Icy Strait Point in Alaska, Sitka, Ketchikan, Victoria, Canada. Uh, we're, uh, we're leaving from Seattle, Washington, and uh, along with us will be Michael Sanchez and Uriel Vega. Uh, our whole staff from Turning Point that travels in these events will be along with us. i got to tell you, I've been all over the world practically, not every place, but almost every place. And I always say when I think about it, there's no place more beautiful than Alaska. And especially when you get to see it from a cruise ship and you can you can see the beauty of the glaciers and you feel a, a kind of a pristine goodness when you're there. I love going there. I missed it when we couldn't go during COVID and I'm looking forward to returning. I hope you'll come with us. We already have a great group who've signed up to go, but there's room for you. I hope you'll join us. Well, let's get started with this last message for the month of April. This is part two of the 144,000 Witnesses. Throughout the scripture, the number 12 is constantly associated with Israel. The Jewish high priest wore a breastplate bearing 12 precious stones on it. The table of showbread in the tabernacle had 12 holy loaves. There are 12 gates in the city of God, all representing Israel's tribes. And Matthew 19:28 tells of a future day when the 12 apostles will sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. How many of you heard 12? It's really an important number with Israel. These pictures of Israel associated with the number 12, all of them find their fulfillment in the sealed individuals who make up the 144,000. The next time somebody says to you, I don't know who the 144,000 witnesses are, you can take them right to Revelation 7 and say, let me tell you who they are. They're Jewish evangelists, and 12,000 come from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They are selected from the 12 tribes of Israel. Number two, they are sealed on their foreheads. Now, we've learned already that when the Antichrist comes, he's going to put a seal on the foreheads of those who bow before him and on their hands. Without this seal on your forehead and on your hands during the reign of the Antichrist, you won't be able to buy or sell or transact any business. What is that called? It's called the mark of the beast. But God has a mark for his witnesses. And the Bible says they are sealed on their foreheads. And that is there's something written on the foreheads of these 144,000 witnesses. And while Revelation 7 doesn't tell us what this seal is, 
When you move to chapter 14, you discover in the first verse that written on their foreheads, it says, his father's name is written on their foreheads. So when you see one of these 144,000 Jewish evangelists, written on their forehead is going to be the name of the Holy Father of heaven. It won't be hard to identify them. You will know who they are. And they are servants of the living God, says verse 3. Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. The seal of the living God will not merely be an external mark, but it will also be a moral badge. When you see that, you will know you're in context with a very righteous person, a servant of the living God, who is not only sealed against persecution and hurt, but sealed to do the mighty work of God. You know the Bible says you and I are sealed with what? The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit seals you, he not only comes to protect you, he comes to fill you with his presence and with his power. And the Old Testament prophet Joel spoke of such a time in Joel chapter 2. Listen to these words. It shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. In that day, the Bible says, these 144,000 witnesses that are selected out of the 12 tribes of Israel who have on their foreheads the name of the Father God will have a special power about them. They will be filled with the Spirit, and when they preach, people will fall on their faces and be saved. They are servants of the living God. Then notice also, they are separated unto God. Here's a very debated verse, but let me read it and then tell you what I think it means. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Now, oftentimes when you read that and you hear somebody speak about it, they spiritualize it. They think this is a verse about spiritual adultery. But I don't think it's about that at all. I think that what they're saying is that these men who are sealed to preach the gospel are unmarried. They're celibates. In other words, they don't have a wife, they don't have a family. And when you find out what they're doing and the intensity with which they do it, you can understand why a wife and family would be a very difficult thing to manage during this particular time. So here's what I believe it means. I believe the 144,000 witnesses are single, unmarried men who travel throughout all the world with the gospel with nothing else on their mind, nothing else on their heart, except to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. And they are strong in their faith. Verses 4 and 5 says, These are the ones who follow the Lamb, and in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. 
These witnesses will not only be empowered by the Holy Spirit with the name of the Father on their forehead, going out with single-focused devotion to the gospel, but the Bible says they will be godly, righteous people. And that when you are around them, you will sense this is a cut above the average. They aren't perfect, but the Bible says they are holy and there's no deceit found in them. They are godly people. You know, the Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Nothing is more powerful than a great speaker empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives a holy life because his life backs up his message. There will be 144,000 of such people on the planet Earth during those early days of the tribulation. They will have tremendous strength of character. Their example will bring revival. And because of their loyal and trustworthy witness to the gospel, millions of people will come to Christ during this time of distress. And they are spared from the coming judgment. As you read Revelation chapter 7, you discover that judgment is about to fall upon this earth. But the judgment is delayed until God can seal his witnesses. Notice what it says in Revelation 7. I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea. And he said, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. In other words, the judgment on this earth was actually delayed by God until all of the 144,000 were selected and sealed. Revelation 6:17 makes an announcement and asks an important question. The great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? And Revelation chapter 7 responds to the announcement and answers the question with John's vision. Do not harm the earth until all of my servants are selected. So let me just go back and review. 144,000 chosen, 12,000 each from the 12 tribes selected by Almighty God to be the witnesses of the gospel during the deadly tribulation period, sealed on their foreheads with the name of the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit to do unusual works, godly, single-focused men in whom there is no deceit or guile. And the Bible says that Almighty God holds back his judgment upon this earth until they can all be selected. But then they are selected, and the Bible says that having been selected, they're going to be spared from the judgment that happens during the tribulation. They are spared from the coming judgment. Notice verses 1 through 3. It says that in the midst of the tribulation, I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him, now watch this, how many people? 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. Now, in the Bible, we discover that in the tribulation period, at the end of the tribulation, the witnesses go to heaven. Let me ask you a question. How many does it say go to heaven? 143,999? No. 
you will see in the scripture that all of them make it to heaven, which means none of them are killed during the tribulation period. Not only does God hold back the judgment until they're selected, but when the judgment starts, somehow they're protected in the midst of the judgment like the two friends in my story were protected and none of the rocks would hit them. God will put a protective shield around these witnesses so they can stand up and boldly preach the gospel and no matter what happens, nobody can touch them. They will be fearless because they have the promise of God that during the tribulation, they will be sealed. And then the Bible says they will be very successful. How do we know they're successful? Because right after the story of the 144,000, we are given a picture of what's going to be going on in heaven. So let me read Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, and you tell me whether or not you think they were successful in their purpose to go out and witness the gospel to the whole world. Here's what it says. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and tribes and people and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands. This massive revival coming in the future will take place after the rapture, during the tribulation, and these 144,000 sealed evangelists will cover the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says that millions will be saved. Listen to the text. A great multitude which no one can number. In other words, more people than you can count. And then there's another phrase that is used to describe them. The Bible says they will come from every nation, and every tribe, and every people, and every tongue. In other words, this will be a worldwide, massive evangelistic effort. And Matthew says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and the end will come. So once again, selected from the 12 tribes of Israel, sealed on their foreheads with the name of Almighty God, filled with the Spirit of God so they can powerfully preach, spared from the judgment as it's coming, secure in the judgment when it comes, successful in what they do because thousands of people are saved. I don't know if you've ever been to a Billy Graham meeting, especially back in the heyday when he was younger and filling up these major stadiums and he would preach. They would leave the whole infield of the stadium empty so there would be enough room for all the people who came forward. And most of the time, the whole infield was filled with people who came to Christ. Well, just multiply that 100 times 100 for every event and realize there are going to be 144,000 Billy Grahams on the earth. And add to that, they're all going to be Jewish, which says a little bit more about their drive and initiative. And you can see that God is going to do a special work during that dark period. Could I just pause for a moment and tell you that when you talk about this and you back away from the story, one of the most amazing things is this. This is the darkest, most devastating, most judgment-filled period of time in the history of the world. And yet the compassion and love of Almighty God is so strong that in the midst of all of that judgment and devastation, he dispatches 144,000 Jewish evangelists so that there's still an opportunity for people to be saved. You know, we have a loving God who, though he must in his holiness judge, even in the midst of his judgment, you see his mercy and his grace. And you're reminded that the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come 
to the knowledge of grace in the Father. And so here is Almighty God once again demonstrating his love and his mercy even in the darkest hour of the future. And the Bible says that during this period of time as these witnesses hold their evangelistic campaigns and finally it's all done, what happens to them is they are set apart for the kingdom. You know, after the tribulation period, there's a thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth. And the Bible says that the 144,000 evangelists will just move into the millennial period and they will reign with Christ. Verse 14 of chapter 7 says, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They will enter the kingdom and reign with Christ and his glorified church. And finally, and this is number 10, they are singing a new song in heaven. Listen to what the scripture says about what these evangelists are going to do when they get to heaven. And I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard the sound of the harpists playing their harps and they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. The Bible says that in heaven there's going to be a day when the 144,000 get together for a concert. And they're going to sing, the Bible says, and they're going to sing a new song. For those of you who love the old hymns, in heaven there are going to be some new songs. So you should get over that, right? I know that I love the new songs, but I love the old ones. In heaven, there's going to be a new song. And the scripture says that the 144,000 will be the only ones who will be able to sing that song. It will be strictly confined to them. You say, why? Why can't anybody else sing it? Because nobody else will have experienced what these evangelists have experienced in the tremendous persecution that they faced, but also in the tremendous can you imagine praising God if millions have been saved because you preached the gospel? And they will get together and they will sing unto the Lord this new song. In that moment in heaven, 144,000 Jewish evangelists who have had the most incredible experiences you could ever dream of having, and there will be a new song written just for them, and they will sing. Stand together before the throne and sing this song unto the Lamb. And don't think you're going to get in the party because you're not. <laughs> you won't be able to sing that song. I was thinking about this when I read this story about American Grammy Award winning composer Eric Whitaker. I don't know if you know about him. But he gives us a little taste of what this choir might sound like. Whitaker is best known in the world for his virtual choir in which people from around the world record their voices singing one or more parts of a song and he takes all the recordings and he merges the best tracks into one astonishingly beautiful choir and he posts the results on YouTube. Whitaker's virtual choir 1.0 features 185 singers from 12 different countries. His most recent effort, which is Virtual Choir 3.0,
combined 3,746 submissions from 73 countries, and it was released in April of 2012. The choir has been dubbed the choir as big as the Internet and the world's most beautiful choir. But I want to tell you, one day, not 3,700 people, but 144,000 people are going to stand before the Lord God and they will be from the 12 tribes of Israel and they will blend their voices in praise to Almighty God for his great victory on this earth and for the many who have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb and are wearing the white robes of Christ's righteousness and they're in heaven because of their faithful witness. So that's the story of the 144,000 witnesses from the Bible. But one night, Eli had a dream. It was so vivid, he couldn't distinguish it from reality. He found himself in a place of splendor beyond imagination. A great throne towered before him, surrounded by a dazzling rainbow of gem-like colors. Before the throne lay a sea as smooth and clear as glass. Magnificent creatures hovered above it. He was so absorbed in the majesty before him that it was some time before he realized he was not alone. No, he realized he was standing among a great throng of 144,000 whose efforts had brought so many people to their Messiah. At once, as if in cue, Eli Jacobs and the others lifted their voices and they began to sing. I know this song, he said. It was the beautiful tune that had so often eluded him on the earth. He lifted his voice with unparalleled joy as he and his fellow evangelists sang their praise to God. He realized ultimately that this was not a dream. He was standing in the throne room of heaven itself and the lost chord of his early life melody had been resolved. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get to heaven, all of the things that we don't know that are unresolved, when we stand before God someday and we get to sing in our choir, all of those things that are unresolved will come to place in beautiful symmetry as we stand before the Lord God Almighty. And I hope that you today are prepared to go to heaven. The Bible says that the way we go to heaven is by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you have some unanswered questions in your life. Maybe there's a dissonance in your walk with God. Let me tell you that the Spirit of God who empowered the 144,000 is the same Spirit of God that is given to us when we accept Christ. The Bible says when we accept Christ, we are baptized in the Spirit. The Spirit comes to live within us, and He brings peace and joy and hope and happiness to our lives. If you do not know Him, I encourage you to receive Him as your Savior today. The message that will be preached so uh, valiantly during that time is the message of the gospel. It's the message we have today. It's the message I try to revive in your heart every day at the end of the sermon to remind you that God loves you, Christ died for you. He's prepared a place for you in heaven, which he is offering to you as a free gift if you'll put your trust in him. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll cleanse you. He'll make you new from the inside out. The Bible says when you become a Christian, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. When you allow that to take over in your life, you become a Christian. 
you join the forever family of Jesus Christ. You become a brother or sister to the many thousands of Christians all over the world. As I am sharing this message, which obviously is prepared before it's uh, received, we're on our way to Israel. And one of the joys of going to these places around the world is to immediately just know that you belong because you meet other believers and there's a DNA in believers that joins you together that is not like anything else I know. And uh, you don't have to be with them for 10 minutes before you feel at home with them. You feel like you're loved by them and you love them. When you join the family of God, it's truly something special. If you haven't received Christ, I hope you will do it today. You don't have to be in church. You don't have to have somebody with you. You can bow quietly before the Lord right where you are and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. If you're riding across the country in a car or a truck, pull your car or your truck over to the side of the road and create a chapel in the cab or in the front seat of your car and ask Jesus Christ to come and be your Savior. He'll take the rest of the journey with you wherever you're going. I hope you'll do it. We'll see you next month. We'll see you next week. We continue our discussion of the 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Will you share with us how Turning Point is helping you in your daily walk? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Bible Prophecy by the Numbers. David's new resource that reveals the meanings of numbers in Scripture. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, Signs, right here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. wish you had a better grasp of Bible prophecy? Then you'll love Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, Bible Prophecy by the Numbers. Grow in your understanding of end times events and discover what the numbers and prophecy mean. This fascinating book is yours with the gift of any amount this month and give $70 or more to receive this book plus two other answer books that will help address your most pressing questions about end times and Bible prophecy. Find out more at davidjeremiah.ca. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. 
I came across a proverb reportedly of Spanish origin that sounds almost like something Solomon would have said. This proverb reminds us that whoever will gossip to you will also gossip about you. That simple fact is yet another good reason not to listen to gossip when it's offered. At least you won't wonder if that person is also gossiping about you. There's another reason not to listen to gossip. Your polite refusal to listen may be just what the speaker needs to reevaluate his or her actions. Most folks know gossip isn't healthy. Sometimes a gentle reminder is all it takes. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons not to gossip on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.